This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Special show tonight with me, the host Damon. I will be talking to Rich about funding in schools and is it enough? Do we get enough funding in schools? Are we short on resources? Are we understaffed? Me and Rich will be going through this tonight and getting down to the bottom of it. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. In union news, Daniel Kbede has been elected leader of the National Education Union. The union is the largest teachers' union and has been at the forefront of industrial action over teachers' pay in recent months. Mr Kabede said in a statement, after taking 69% of the vote to win the election, I am honoured to have been elected as General Secretary. I would like to thank everyone who has supported and campaigned for me. He went on to talk about the need for fundamental change in education and that this included an end to real terms pay cuts, an end to massive overwork of staff, the end of punitive Ofsteds and an increase in school funding. He also thanked current Joint General Secretaries Kevin Courtney and Dr Mary Bowstead for their inspiring leadership over the last six years. They will step down at the end of August. The BBC reports that, according to a leaked government document, almost a quarter of teachers in England are working 12-hour days, with around 60% of teachers saying they were doing 60 hours a week or more. The research by the Department for Education was carried out during spring 2022, but the findings have not been officially made public. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan has said that a new task force will be created to help reduce teachers' workload by an average of five hours per week. The leak comes as teaching unions consult members in England on a new pay offer, which includes the promise to reduce workload. The leaked document, marked confidential and given the title Working Lives of Teachers and Leaders, was produced by the DFE to examine issues around teacher supply, recruitment and retention. More than 11,000 teachers and leaders across primary and secondary were questioned. The report found one in four teachers were considering leaving the state sector within the next 12 months. Workload was the key factor in this decision. Three quarters said they spent too much time on paperwork. Two thirds of leaders said they spent too much time responding to government policy changes. One in five said they had low satisfaction in their working life, 
whilst almost a half rated their anxiety levels as high. Almost three quarters of teachers described their workload as unacceptable. Dr Mary Bowstead of the NEU accused ministers of withholding important information from the peer review body, although the government denied this. A spokesperson for the government insisted that the recent pay offer of 4.3% plus a £1,000 one-off payment was fair and reasonable. The Department for Education has released an update on the .gov.uk website focusing on the review of the way relationship, sex and health education is delivered. The update comes after a number of stories across media outlets prompted concern and outrage from some quarters and claims that hysteria is being whipped up by right-wing agitators from others. RSHE education has been compulsory for pupils in primary schools since September 2020. In secondary schools, relationships and sex education must be taught. The review, which will be completed by an expert panel, will focus on how to ensure pupils have access to age-appropriate information and how to place protection from pupils being introduced to things that they are too young to understand properly. The panel will also consider how age ratings can be introduced for different parts of the curriculum. The review will be completed before the end of 2023. As we approach Easter, the debate about supporting families who receive support through free school meals should be supported in holiday times and it's opened up again. The big issue raises concerns that despite the cost of living crisis, many families will go without support until term begins again. In what it calls a postcode lottery for support, many families will miss out as current funding largely depends on where you live. In England, the government is not directly funding free school meals over the Easter break, but support may be available if local councils decide to provide meals or vouchers. Many councils are relying on the holiday activities and food programme to support low-income families. In Scotland, some councils are offering free school meals payments to low-income families, but universal free school meals for children in primary one to five will not be available. There is some support available, but it varies by council, as does the amount of support being offered. The Welsh Government has made free meals available throughout the holiday period. The Government in Wales announced that £9 million has been provided to support eligible pupils with a free meal up to the end of May half term, including all bank holidays. The support will take the form of meal vouchers, money or packed lunches. In Northern Ireland, no free school meal provision is available. The previous holiday hunger payments of £27 per fortnight ceased on April 1st. A Department for Education spokesperson said it was because additional ring-fenced funding had ended. But campaigners focusing on food poverty said the decision was abhorrent. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Rich, how are you, mate, and how are you feeling today? Are you looking forward to going back to school next week? That's that's the main thing. <laughs> first things first, I um, just want to double-check that everyone can hear me. Yep, I'm good on my side. I can hear you very well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, really enjoyed the Easter break. Um, two weeks always seems to be better than one, but it always still seems Certainly does, yep. Um, <laughs> I guess for the kids' sake, I'm looking forward to going back. <laughs> Teaching aspects of it, it has its pros. It'd be nice to get back in a routine, I'm sure. I'm sure it'd be oh, nice to get back in a routine. I have to set my so tonight's... tomorrow to get back in <laughs> Yep, that's what I'm, I'm not used to that again, doing that again. So yeah, definitely a weekend to, to, get, to recover back from that and get back onto 
that's our schedule. So to tonight's topic, Rich, is all about funding in schools. And enough is it enough for us in schools? Is it enough for the children? Are we underfunded? Yeah, absolutely. Are we underfunded? Um, and do we have enough staff in schools as as well, really, as a, as a whole? Yeah, I'm definitely looking. Forward. So, what do you think? What's your initial? What's your initial um, opinion then on the funding in schools? Okay, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, let's start with the children first. Um, so this year, this September, I went back to working in a in a crew. Um, but prior to that, I was working in the primary school for five years, and you would kind of have staff members having to buy their own like resources. Um, you'll get then obviously that like, the finance manager would say, okay, just fill in this sort of form that you can claim back on it. And that claiming back may take weeks or months, but it, it all stems from the initial issue. Why do staff have to initially go and buy resources for the young people? Um, mm. we, we, the government needs to do so much more um, on that front because at the end of the day, it's, it's the young people that suffer, not, no one, not anyone else, really. And, and that's the worst thing going forward, you know. Um, then you mentioned obviously staffing. I, I feel sorry for a lot of the TAs because they put in a lot of work. The, the expectation on the TAs now go beyond just supporting the teacher. They've, and even with teachers, we're effectively like social workers, mentors. We can end up being like assistant, um, like APs and EPs yeah. and such. There's a lot, there's a lot to it, you know, and um, like TAs unfortunately get paid penance. It, it, it's so bad, you know. Well, that's um, that's why I am rich. I'm I'm a TA in a reception class at the moment, and yes, the the pay is it's just over a grand a month, and that's that's been brutally honest. And that's all you get. And it is. It's so to, bad. to be a teaching assistant now, it is like literally like a second teacher, and you're still planning. You're planning like a teacher, especially in the class I work in. It's planning as a teacher, and again, spending my own money on certain things, which it shouldn't be like that. I mean, I've got a family to look after. Um, you you've got a family to look after. We shouldn't have to be spending our own money on on resources for a school. No, absolutely. And like like I said, I've always felt for TAs because I don't think. Well, I know, like, teachers definitely, or I'm hoping so, like, they they value, like, and appreciate the work that, that teaching assistants do because they do so much, you know. Um, yes, obviously, the the, the, the the scope of the praise tends to go to us teachers. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at this planning and stuff. And then when you look at, like, the displays, you know, the children's progress as well. If they work for a TA, like, yeah. a class teacher can't get every child, you know. Yeah. And... Like, TAs are te- effectively, they're doing doggies. You know, it'd be like, oh, can you work with this child? Then? Can you work with that child? Can you go and get this for me? Can you get that for me? Can you-? Mm. Like, it's, it's constant like, for TAs, you know? Um, and to hear that, was it over a grand a month? And especially in the financial climate that we're in right now, like, rent in London, and I'm from London, rent in London alone could easily be, like, a grand too, you know? Mm. So if you're only getting a grand a month, how, how are TAs coping? You know, it's... It's, it's, it's a disgrace in my personal opinion. See, as well, when you, when you talk about the workload on the TAs and the development of the children, I mean, it affects them massively in, in the class itself without having a TA there. And I, I still think we're understaffed in terms of every school for TAs. I think there needs to be more TAs, if I'm honest. I know back in the day they didn't have TAs and things like that, but 
right now there's so many children that need that extra support, need that extra, but it, it's finding time to fit it all in. You've got you know thirty children in one class, and then you, you've got a one to one with that child that, that needs a one to one. You know, so many support plans, and it's just not enough time and not enough staff, is there? And then it, it, it all comes down to funding again, doesn't it? I mean, if you're not enough staff, it's funding. It's funding from the government and certain criteria have to be passed to, to get a one-to-one for a child as well. And I think the criteria is, I think the criteria alone is too much. It is far too much. And, you know, like, when you look at a, a dynamic in a classroom and such, as you were saying there, like there's, there's, a, there's a shortage of staff, period. You know, which is a massive problem. So, you may even get some some places where there's one TA covering two classes. You know, um, and that is drastic because what doesn't change is the expectations from something like Ofsted, where you must teach ABC one two three. You know, mm-hmm. um, to thirty children, and there's there's going to be children left behind. Unfortunately, and it's not like with any intent, because no teacher intends to leave a child behind. But if you've got the, the, the pressures of Oxford, for example, as well, on, on top of that, it's yeah. all about kind of making it good for that that one week or that one day that Oxford deserves to turn up, you know? Yeah, yeah, the shortage yeah. of stuff, and like you said, the, the needs of children this day, especially after COVID. Where yeah, that's intensified like, it, yeah. It's, oh, it's... Getting back to teaching after COVID was, for me, the toughest period for me, you know, because it was not just going back into the hospital and teaching, it was trying to get children to somehow catch up on two years of learning they've missed out on. Yes, there was provisions made for online learning and such, but then you've got families who may not have the financial backing to get like a device, you know? And then if they did have the device, some of the parents, unfortunately, didn't even know how to access the device. How do you get onto Microsoft Teams? How do you get onto Zoom and so on and so forth? So there were problems mm. within that. And then you do your online teaching for the set time. But what's happening after that? You know, it's, it, was so, it was so hard. So, so hard. But yet, once again, there's no sort of grace period for us teachers or staff. We've still got to make sure we're achieving. We've still got to make sure the children are achieving. And there's a lack of support. So it was just so overwhelming. I, mean, I don't know what it's like for you because you're key stage three, aren't you? So you're high school um, level. See, with me going into back into reception after COVID, um, it was massive because these children that came back into school, they didn't. They stayed at home. They'd not been to nurseries. They'd not been to reception classes. Not been to like. Did not learn that sort of environment and that sort of structure. And the amount of children now that are so far behind in terms of not just academically, but just socially, socially, yeah. personally, everything. And this is why, you know, the, the more staff, the better at the moment, because it, they need it. They really do need it. I mean, you could have like four or five children on support plans in the same class, of a class of 30, and you've still got the other 25 to look after and make sure they're, you know, hitting targets, keeping up with their sort of goals and what, what they can achieve. So... And when you're relying on one member of uh, one teacher and one teaching assistant, and then sometimes obviously like um, the HLTAs come in, you know, for cover for PPAs and things like that, it's just not enough. And it's the 
the week might seem long when you're there, but it's not long enough for, for that sort of getting the the right work across, if that makes sense. And it's so frustrating as teachers and, and teacher assistants because with, you've, at times you feel like you're failing. Even though you're not, you do feel like you're failing. And it, where does the help come from then if, if the government aren't listening? This is it. I mean... Um... So after COVID, I was still actually in, in Key Stage 2. I was teaching a Year 4 class. Um, I, took, yeah. I ended up taking that class up into Year 5. I, I kind of demanded I was like, listen, I've, you've given me the class after COVID because uh, a teacher had left. I'm not going to just leave them as they are. Like, there, there's so much work to, that needs to be done. And like you said, the social side to it, we had children like, not wanting to come into the classroom. You know, could obviously like the, uh, the pandemic and the epidemic that was out there. You know, it was, it was a really tough period. You know, and it took a lot of time to just get them confident in just even the basics again. You know, and um, I think this is where we're, we're good as teachers and TAs. You know, and I know everything sounds doom and gloom, but this is where we I feel we're so good. We're so good at understanding the young people. You know, and um, kind of like. Um, like use a figure of speech, like putting an arm around them and making them feel safe and assured. Yeah, yeah. You know. We just got on with it, haven't we? Really? Absolutely, and it's it's kind of felt like I feel we've been looked at like, ah, oh, what well, are teachers? They'll just do what they do, sort of thing, without any care in the world as to how us our, our well being is, you know, our mental health is, and so on and so forth. Because yes, as you said earlier. We're, we're constantly thinking about our young people and then we will go home probably still thinking about our young people and yet we've got families ourselves. Yeah. And then you talk about workload like, and this kind of partly played in my decision to then go back into a crew which has actually benefited me as in workload, right? But to think that, let's say, like, I finished teaching there's 30 books based on that first class, like each subject, 30 kids. You're looking about five different topics, six different subjects, 150 to 180 pieces of work you'd have to mark. Some daily, some um, every other day and such. Um, and for me, as a, having a family, like uh, my, my wife was working late, so I would then have to do the school pickups. So... I would mm. have put them my girls, uh, one was in the one's in the nursery, one's in the after school club. But I have to make sure I pick them up by six. Then you factor travel. And especially in London, you need to leave at a certain time to beat traffic as well. So at, for me personally, like the kids will leave school about half three. I have to leave school about four thirty to make sure that I'm able to pick up my girls from, from, from their schools. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I, that leaves me one hour at the end of the day to get any unfinished work marking done to the point where there's times I had to take work home, which is never the best, there's never a good idea, you know. But the pressure of having to get these books marked and making sure you're setting the next steps and targets and so on and so forth, I thought, like, oh my gosh, this is I have to do this, I have to take stuff home. And then I'm coming it's all a knock-on effect, isn't it? It's, a lot, it's all a knock-on effect. From It all starts with funding. Massive, yeah, massive knock-on effect. And I'm there, like, looking at my girls. Like, all I can really do is get them washed, get them to bed, 
obviously make sure they got their dinner and stuff, get them to bed. And then I'm sitting there marking books. I'm not even spending time with the family, you know. So that's how crazy and intense the working life is because of the lack of funding. You get two to three TAs per class, which I think should be there. I think two to three TAs mm, get them yeah. trained up to like a high level, like a high level TA factor, where they can do on the spot marking as well. And at least then we're not leaving kids out, you know, and that's just, that's just funding. Like how they're neglecting our, our young people is a disgrace in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, we can go in and they can go and have these like not paid expenses, but and some of them are not paying taxes. That, that, it, it, anyway, that was set me off on another rant and stuff. And yeah. It 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 it's just little things as well as well, Rich. It's the little things in classrooms, like you know, putting like displays up and things like that. You just it's finding time to do that, and still you know doing your capture groups. I'm doing lots of interventions at the moment. You know, whether it's one to one intervention or group interventions, there's just all in like a, a space of six hours in the daytime, and it it doesn't it doesn't work. It really doesn't work, and the only time you can get to do the maybe like the usual stuff like the the borders and the, and displays and things like that and cutting out and sorting workout and things like that. The only time you get to do that is, is when the kids are on the carpet listening to the teacher, and when you get you know if like a disturbance on the carpet, then you got to come out of that, and then it's it, it's it's just so much so much going on at once. That little extra person on the sat on the carpet next to the child that you know that needs a little, little extra support makes a huge difference. I mean, sometimes we do get another TA coming into our class personally, and that one extra TA or an extra HLTA coming in that for that day, it makes a huge difference. It's massive. Absolutely massive. Absolutely. It allows the other TA to get get jobs done, basically. Exactly that. And even just what you said there just shows how much of a problem it is at the moment because I, I, as a TA, like you're saying, if you're thinking... I need to get this cut out and I need to do borders and stuff like that whilst the teacher's teaching. Then when it comes to that, the children doing the work, to what extent have you caught on what needs to be done? Do you understand? Yeah, that, you got to keep it, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, it's so tough because you, you're kind of like stuck between um, a rock and a hard place. Yeah, you know, the, well, the saying to... is that you've got to have eyes in the back of your head. You do, you literally do. <laughs> You're so because right. If you were to sit on the carpet and listen to the teacher's input, someone will come in and say the border's not done. Then if you went to go and do yep. the border, someone would say, oh, why don't you know what's happening in the lesson? Like, it's a lose-lose situation. Something's not being done. <laughs> that's, and that's the thing, that's the problem with the, the understaffing, understaffing, is that something in that room is not being done. But then you brought you brought up on it as well. It's like, you know, why haven't we done this? Yeah. Well, because... I mean, in my in my in my sort of year, we have accidents as well. You know, like toilet accidents in the mix, yeah, yeah. as well as as well as everything else. So something like that will have to pull you out as well. You know, when you're helping and things like that. It's, it's, it's so much goes on through the day. Like you just do not get time to do everything that needs to be done, and then that's when you start feeling like I won't say a failure, but you do feel like you've let yourself down. You've let the school down in a way. Sometimes I don't know if you feel like that at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what? Like during during my late, later years in the primary school, I did kind of feel like, am I doing enough? Like, like I really felt like it was my fault in a sense. And yeah, I felt 
even though I was running myself ragged, I kind of like thought, oh my gosh, like, am I failing these kids? And I really had to shake that mentality off kind of kind of quickly because, mm. like, the, the moments I, that I, there was a time I, had, I was off for training, um, and I came back in later in the afternoon and they were just going, Sah! and it was those little moments I thought, okay, I haven't, I haven't told these kids, you know, and just us being there is obviously the, it's, it's the biggest thing for them, it's that, it's that sense of um, security, um, so, some young people may not actually have someone outside of school to, because parents might be working ridiculous hours themselves. So effectively, we're, we're the ones that they may spend the most of their time with, you know? And that's through no fault of the parents either because, unfortunately, mm. cost of living, like, families are having to work two jobs. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, what... Uh, this kind of goes into, to like, a, a separate topic. It, it's just kind of like how I've gone forward with my mentality as a teacher and that. Like, and I'll be completely honest with you. There's been there's been times where I've, like obviously, Kisses me. I, I, I may have a bit more flexibility with it. Um, where I may have just said, you know what? Let's just have a discussion. Let's just have a chat. You know, because I think there's a lot of young people that just they want to share, like, what's going on in their day to day. Yeah, uh, and I know in primary school there's definitely yeah. no scope for that. There's really no scope. So I've, I've kind of utilised that now that I've gone to Q3. And some of these young people, like I, I had one one young man say to me, "So you're the first person that's ever told me that I can do something." And I was like, "What? No, you're lying." And I know. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Everyone, everyone tells me that I'm, I'm naughty and this and that. But I'm like. I can't come, and I said to him, listen, I can't come and say to you, you know, listen, <laughs> if I told you my life story, you'll think, what? Like, no, nah, that can't be you, sir. You're so, like, patient. So, I've never always been this way. But you learn, you, you have life experiences, you know? But at the end of the day, all you've got to do is make sure you're doing what's best for you. If there's any dis- distractions, you've got to find a way of, of minimising them, you know? And tell yourself that you can achieve. You know, the, the easy thing to do is say, oh, you know what, you've said that I'm not, and this and that, so I'm going to be this and that. No, prove them wrong. Prove them wrong. But I'm, it, it just brings, it highlights the fact that there's a lot of young people out there that just need to be heard. And I'm sure there's a lot of them crying out for support, but we can't offer them that support because we're, we're short. We're, yeah, we're short-staffed, that's the thing. I mean, if, if, if the schools were stuffed enough and there was enough money in schools, I, I do believe that every child will get that chance to speak like that, you know, like the way you've just, you know, that child spoke to you. And that is so important. That is so important in this time of life and in these in this in this world at the moment, speaking and things like that. And, you know, as, as, a, as a guy that I, I know through high school, I never really got that support that I needed through high school. And knowing how much that would mean to me now is what is what I would like to bring to the to bring to schools and, and things like that. And like you said, that the understaffing is causing that not to happen because the teachers and the teaching assistants are too busy to do anything else to, to really sit down and, and talk to the children. And there's more more focus on things like 
maths and things like that instead of social social awareness and you know social interactions i think there should be more i know it's a different topic completely but there should be more into that in terms of how schools go about teaching don't you think and then it all comes down to funding again doesn't it though because if we did have the staff for that you you know would i'd do open clubs are like a do like an half an hour group session of, of that things like that but because we ain't got the staff you just yeah. can't do it and this is it and um and obviously because of the lack of staff there's also a lack of time in the day because for example if you teach a, a, a math lesson for example and there's children that don't understand it you're going to have to somehow reteach that lesson at some point whether it's in that week or yeah that day and, and where do you find, where do you fit that in? And this yeah, is where yeah, the yeah. staff would be great, as you said, yeah. doing interventions. Um, but unfortunately for you, if you don't have to add additional staff, you won't be able to access an intervention if you didn't have to do toilet breaks. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, if I have to do an intervention, say, out of the classroom, if I do an intervention out of the classroom, then there's no one in that classroom to support the teacher in case anything, yeah. you know, all could happen. It just—it's all—it all literally knocks back onto itself, and it for me, it the lack of funding in schools is just absolutely there's no valid reason for it. And it, I'll think about this the other day as well. You know the the new news about King Charles and his and his picture. I was just thinking, how do you justify paying eight million pounds of taxpayers' money for a picture to go up in schools of the king? That, that whilst children are starving, whilst we're understaffed in schools, and you know, and like we've already, we've already spoken on this, how do you justify that? It's, it's, it's complete madness. Like to the, the to the point where a uh, Marcus Rashford had to then decide to feed the, the kids. Like it's just yep. like, wait, we're going to stop offering free school meals just because of because of COVID and stuff. And like you said. Like, Eight million on 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 this this portrait. I think they fixed Big Ben, which cost a couple hundred thousand pounds. Something about yeah, co- yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a toilet in the House of Commons got um, refurbished or painted or something. I'm thinking, where's all this money really getting turned? Well, why is it getting directed into things that are not important? You know, it's it's outrageous. I I, I can't. You can't justify it, can you? You can't justify a portrait. I know he's going to be the new king and things like that. It's a, it's a moment in history, but you can't justify an £8 million on that when there's children out there hungry and we're having to give food hampers for... for schools having to give food hampers for parents and, and families that can't do it. They're having to give food uh, tickets out, you know, to go shop and things like that. And you just can't justify it, can you? It, it, it just... It absolutely goes against any sort of logic and any sort of morals, if I'm honest. It's, it's, it's really immoral. It's absolutely immoral. It's so, so bad, you know. And and I, I, now even with the, like, the recent strikes, obviously, we've had teacher strikes, but we've also had, like, doctor strikes. And I think they're striking again, apparently. Um, the nurses, yeah. I think they're going to be doing it again in summer, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's because... The government are not taking these our sectors seriously. They're really not. And like you said, they could spend eight million on, on portraits. But like, I think they tried to increase the teacher pay at once they would it like by one point five percent, maybe something between that and three percent. But the, the worst thing I think mine went up like ten p or something. 
<laughs> yeah, it was literally it was peanuts, like yeah. But the worst thing about it, yeah, was, that didn't come out like a government treasury or something. That literally came out of the school budget. <laughs> yep, yep. And then so it's a, again the knock-on effect on the school. There you go. Massive the thing is with me, which with wages. When wages go up, it's always when inflation goes up in, in, in general, like the price of things go up. So really the way, the price of everything else going up and the wages going up together makes no difference at all. In fact, I don't think the percentage of, of things going up in general matches the wages going up because you might get like, like you said, just 1.1% 1, 1. increase on wages. It'd be like a 3% increase on everything else. Yeah. So it just makes it 10 times worse. It really does. And then they will stand there and say, oh, but we've given you a pay increase. Hello, have you not seen that the fact that like milk has gone from like 50p to £1.50? Like... Mm. Triple, that's triple, yeah. that's triple the, the price, yeah. And our, <laughs> our wages are going up, what? I think mine went about 20 pence. <laughs> I might be able to get a drop of the milk and that's about it. I think it stops there. It's so bad. And, and to, like I say, like, and this is why I sympathise so much with TAs because I'm I'm complaining as a teacher who um, I wouldn't say it's a, a great um, salary, but it's a it's a I'm, I can sustain myself like from month to month. So how on earth are TAs closing or or mentors or like support staff or even even people that go come into schools from agency? How on earth are they surviving? You know what? We're just about clinging on, mate. For me personally, if it if it weren't for the support of my parents and my partner's parents, I don't think we'd survive. Honestly, and it's it's so tough. It's so tough, and it, it's going to make people want to leave. It's going to make people want to leave schools. You're not going to get the right people in schools, unfortunately. And that's that's the future. That is the future of this of this. Um, education system in this country because you know i'm i'm on a wage I, I can't physically continue to provide for my family you know i've got it's 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 so difficult and you look to other avenues and then if you know if i left school or someone else you know like me left school you know you're missing out on a good year there are you missing out on a good teacher there and that's what it's gonna have to come to and that's again who who um who plays for that, and that's the children, again. This is it. And I think a lot of a lot of staff, teachers, audience, like, they're leaving the profession. They're really leaving teaching because of just, most, mainly the workload, but just everything that kept, is kept encapsulated from what we've said so far, just the fact that there's a lack of funding, there's too much work, the pressure, um, and a lot of good, a lot of good staff are leaving, you know. Or they're going abroad. They're going abroad to do their teaching, like like the, um, say like to China to teach English or like Dubai and stuff like that. And they're getting a lot more joy there. And that's what it is. And this is why I don't understand why this country doesn't look abroad and look at how others um, spread their money out in terms of funding. I mean. He likes of Denmark. Denmark is one of the best-run countries in the world, and even like universities, free. And 
that's how it should be. That's how it should be. You know, one of the richest countries in the world, if not the richest, one of the most powerful countries in the world, and we're having to rely on teachers to buy resources to buy stick glue sticks. It's absolutely ridiculous. It absolutely blags my head. Um, what's your opinions on the lack of resources then in schools? You know, the fact that we have to go out and buy our own things. What do you feel about then the resources in schools? Are you forever buying resources? I know us in in reception would go for resources like 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 it's no business. But you know, even just the, the mind details of of pens and pencils and things like that. Why should we have to buy those sort of stuff? Yeah, fortunately, where I'm at at the moment, we we've, we've not had that problem with having to buy resources and such. Um, we've been quite lucky in that. But um, like I said, when I was previously in primary school, that is literally what was happening. You know, having to buy anything just to, and it's mainly to obviously make the lessons engaging. You know, um, and whatever we ended up having to buy at the time. We'd have to wait like months to get that back, you know, after filling out a um, claims form and stuff. Which is, yeah, it's just it's just not good. I mean, when it comes towards the end of the terms, I mean, the business managers are whoever else in school. They're looking at you know, you're going down to pass me a list of what you need from you know from um, from the suppliers, and it just seems that the longer the year goes on the list seems to be shorter because you're just trying to hold back. It's like, we ain't got the money for that. We ain't got the money for that. And it, again, it, it's the kids missing out again, isn't it? You can't do certain things because the kids are missing. We ain't got the resources to do them. No, absolutely. And, and you're right in saying the summer term is the term where you want to be your most creative. You know, <laughs> you want to really like be adventurous like whether it's going out for walks and stuff to help engage the children in their learning and such and then if this the fun is not there to do that then it just kind of like makes everything just just boring and like you wouldn't really want to be especially when it's very hot like stuck in a classroom with 30 children you know bless them like feeling all like hot you try to open the windows and it's just muggy and you know you really want to get out there and just take learning to another dimension, you know. You know, and there's so many ways we can we can obviously expand on our teaching, but we're we're, we're hampered. We're hampered due to the funding. Uh, did you hear that news then about um, the Wales government as well giving nine million pounds to their schools to make sure their kids are fed over the holidays and bank holidays and things like that? And again, yeah. it, it's it, you know this UK government just not doing the same thing. It's so bad. It is so bad. So behind in everything. You know? How do you th- how do you think things can change? And do you think do you think the government, the MP, should be visiting schools regular, especially schools not 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 handpicked schools? I'm talking literally going around going around the country and seeing seeing how that lack of funding is really affecting the schools. Do you think that's a way to go forward? <sighs> I, I would see, they'll just kind of use it as a trick book, trick book to be honest. Yeah, I, I generally don't think they care. I really don't think they care. Um, I mean, I the, the other day, I think, they, go on. I said the other day, there was a really? picture of uh, Richard Sunak and he was pointing to a pothole. And I saw that yesterday, that pothole's still there. And, and like you said, it is a tick box. It's been there, seen it, 
But is he doing anything about it? And the answer is no. No. And this is, this is what will continue. I think it might even be, need to be a case where, you know where we've had teacher strikes? Maybe families just need to just go and do something similar, go strike and and obviously get that. Do you, fa- really do you think families know? No. Do you think families know about it though? And how, how cash stricken the schools are? Do you think families know? And I, I, I know some, there will be some families out there, some parents that will know and they'll, be, they want, to, they'll want to know, investigate themselves. But most families probably are not even in the loop of what's going on. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, with most families, they're probably dealing with their own internal crisis, you know, financially and stuff. Um, so they kind of see school as kind of like that safe haven where, listen, just help my child get an education and such. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be many families that would kind of like, because if you see the difference in the teaching standards and the teaching quality, that should raise alarm bells, really. You know, um, and obviously the quality of teaching has differed due to the funding. You know, it could be one year, oh, we've gone on a trip here, there, and everywhere for this and that. And the next year, it's like, no, we can't do that. You know, oh, why, why the change? It's funding. You know, so um, maybe even as, as schools, we need to we need to ask them even more, like, and, and have it more, not just through strikes, but just regularly, just be like putting out like whether it's like tweets or posts or whatever it may be to be saying like this is the current situation, this is how the situation is, it keeps going on like that, nothing's changed and hopefully put more pressure on there and hopefully we get more families supporting our cause as well. The stri- I think the strikes are the way to go forward but I just think it needs to be a bigger strike and I, I know it's been big strikes over the last few months or so but like for me, TAs have not been called into strikes. Really, it's just mainly teachers. Yeah. And I think if yeah. once I the schools start shutting down, yeah, once the schools start shutting down within these strikes, that's when action that action will be taken. Because you can have your postal strikes, you can have your train strikes, you can have the doctor strikes. You know, it'll affect that specific area of 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 the of the of the nation. It'll, it'll affect the hospitals. It'll affect the trains. It'll affect the post. You take teachers and teaching assistants out of school, everything is affected. Every single thing. Because we are watching their children. And when they don't have childcare for their children, they have to miss their work then. You're talking millions of parents coming out of work because they've got no childcare. The whole country, if teachers and teaching assistants and sports staff at work in schools were to strike fully, I think that would have the biggest impact on the on the country that the government would have no choice but to do something. And this is why I was I was so against the fact that TAs couldn't strike. I was thinking, wait, why? Why can't they strike? They're part of the pro- the process, you know. But it was obviously a means to be able to say, oh, at least then the the world can still continue somewhat because TAs can still do their jobs, you know. It, I mean, our school, our school was still open. Our school was still open, so we didn't see the point because we had a, a, a couple of teachers striking, but then we sort of covered them with HLTAs. About, I think we just about got enough staff to do it to cover. So, but it's it's completely diminishing what was what the strike's for. It does exactly that. The strike is literally 
The aim of the strike was really to get schools closed down. That's what it should have been for. To be like, listen, we are not working for a couple of days. Deal with it. But because of that loophole, it's kind of... It wasn't as effective as it should have been, basically. Do you think? Do you think the striking gets enough media attention? Not enough. It got in enough terms of teachers. No, nah, it doesn't get enough, and it, it never will. It never will, because unfortunately, if, if it gets popped out there that the, the amount of work that we have to do and stuff, that would put pressure on the government. And like I said, the government don't care. They really don't. They've got their own agendas. They, you know the whole saying, the rich get rich, the poor get poorer. It's kind of those sort of things because some of these MPs and what they're making and how they're doing tax evasion and stuff, it's, it's, it's literally daylight like robbery. You know, and it's ignorance, isn't it? Most of it is just ignorance as well. Because it's not going on around them, they can easily ignore it. They can, they can just push it to the yeah. side and it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them, and whilst we're in we're in the thick of it every day, going to school, seeing what's seeing what the lack of funding is doing to schools, seeing what the lack of funding is doing to the teachers, seeing what lack of funding is doing to the children, we're there in in the mix of it, and we're seeing it every single day. So to us, we've got to say, you know, where's this funding? Where, what's this funding? When they're not seeing it on a daily basis, where we are, they don't even see it on like a ten minute basis. You know what I'm saying? They don't spend any time apart from for a few photos. Until until they go out there and really have a look and spend a week, two weeks in the schools, working in the schools. I'm not talking just coming to a visit. I'm so, I'm talking working and see what your funding's doing to these schools. Absolutely. Put them in our shoes for a week. They will be like, what on earth is this? <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. Maybe we should get, yeah, Rishi sooner. Go on. Go work in as a reception team. Go do that for a week. Let's see how we get from. Do you think it'll last a day? Oh, do you think not. it'll last a day? Of course <laughs> not. You won't. You won't. You'll struggle. And then uh, that's a good idea. Maybe that's that's yeah. Get the government into schools to work. Because it's not like they're doing much as it is anyway. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> They just, they just, you know what? That's the best way to really, to, to what's going wrong in the country is really, really going to the shoes. It's an old saying, you know, walk a day in their shoes. But it, it, it it's so true. It's so true. If it, if they just came into schools and, and worked for like a week or two weeks, and like I said, not not visit because visits nothing. You can visit and see the best. Oste can visit on a good day. <laughs> but then they could have a bad day the next day where a child's running around school. You know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. it's it's not about this. It's about really working and really understanding what that lack of funding is doing to these children. No, hundred percent. And like like I said with Ofsted, I mean even there. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, there was um, I it was a couple of months ago where a head teacher had taken her own life. Due to yep. the stresses of Ofsted, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. It, I mean, it, even with absolutely. Ofsted, no, I was just gonna say, even with Ofsted, like 
they're, they're not going to see the true colours. They're going to see a, an old, well, in most cases, a perfect day, which would then make it think. Well, yeah, because they give warning as well, don't they? Yeah. 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 And it's going to make it look as if, like, everyone's happy. And no, they, what if they need to be able to see is raw. Okay. This is what they're going through on a day to day basis. They're dealing with this challenge and that challenge and this pressure and that pressure. Because that's how that's exactly how it is on a day to day basis. Not the oh, after's coming in, um, young children, we have to make sure we're on our best behaviour today. No, that's not a true representation mm. Mm. of how our working day is. Mm. And then they're not they're not scanning around looking at the lack of resources that we that we have. And one volunteers out chasing a child whilst the, whilst the teachers on the run in the class they're not seeing the not seeing the everyday what a, an everyday thing is i mean you can have the most perfect day one day in, in, in school and then the next day completely opposite and again it, it comes to home life as well if you know if a child's coming something's happened at home in the morning you know they're coming for with a bit of a bad mood and it could just Automatically change like that, and when you haven't got the te- you haven't got the staffing, and the funding's affecting the staffing, and when a child's like that, and they need that one-to-one attention. Then the whole class has been looked after them by just one one teacher. Yeah, which means that some children miss out on on that quality sort of um, education guidance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lack of funding in schools is just. We said it earlier, it has complete knock-on effect. It has a knock-on effect on not just the children, but the teachers and the teaching assistants. When, like you said, you go home, try to look after your own children. I come home and look after my family. And you feel like, have you done enough? Then you, then you come home and think, no, have I done enough for my own family? Yeah. And it it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult and... The government just, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they care. I really don't think they care. And until they do, until they actually do go out there and really live that sort of life, because they haven't and they've been sheltered from that life, then they, 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 aren't under, they, they can't understand. And they can't understand why teachers are striking. They can't understand why teaching assistants are striking. They can't understand why doctors are striking. Because, you know, for doctors to go out there, save a life, and then they're having to pay for parking. <laughs> and and they're living off food banks. For teachers to live off food banks, that should not ever be a case in one of the richest countries in the world, should it, Rich? No, not at all. And you're right in saying that with, even with like, the doctors, they have to pay for their own parking. It's a travesty. You know, it, it's crazy. Um... But yeah, like I said, one of the richest, richer countries in the world, and like it's just the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer, unfortunately. And that's, I think, we'll end it there, mate, Rich. And again, the funding in schools is just it. the question is what I put on there is funding in schools is it enough? And the answer is simply no. The answer is simply no. And the only way. This changes if is if the government either go out there and, and work in work themselves in schools, work themselves in these sort of places like hospitals and doctors' waiting rooms and and post offices, go out there and really live a day in the shoes of teachers and doctors and things like that, 
and and really see the how, how the lack of funding has really affected everything, and the and go home with go home with a teacher and see what you know see what they're having to do with their gas and electric, go, go home and and go visit a food bank with them, not for a picture, go out and live as that, and yeah. until that happens, nothing will ever change in this government, or unless someone in power has been through that, you know, beforehand, but. We're just getting the wrong people in power, the wrong, just without any connections to the people that, like me and you and like everyone else, the working class are the the ones that are really keeping this country going. Because if you saw in COVID, who kept this country going? It was us. It was the it was the workers. It was the ones that are all striking now for money. You know, yeah, everything yeah. else was closed. Yeah, but we still had to run. Yep. <laughs> We had to open. Um, hospitals had to still open, obviously, but police had to still do it. And I think that sums up the lack of empathy towards the working people of this country is the fact that everyone that worked through COVID and everyone that kept the country going are the ones that are not getting paid enough. And that's where that's where we get the the immorality of of this country and. And where and where we are in this country as well in terms of funding and and, and money. Uh, thank you anyway for coming on, Richard. It's been absolute pleasure having you on tonight. And this oh, is no, my first hosting shirt, so I couldn't have asked for a better guest coming on, coming on and a very very good chat tonight. Funding yeah. schools, we know it's not enough, and hopefully we can get some more. Thanks for coming on, Richard. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.